start today by welcoming Green Party leader Eamon Ryan. Not fresh off his bike today as he's come directly from his party conference in Athlone over the weekend. Can I start by asking you about that big goal that you announced at the party conference yesterday to power Ireland's electricity needs on a sunny day by 2025 by the sun? Now, setting aside our unpredictable Irish weather, won't we need tens of thousands more solar panels on roofs to do this? What's your plan? We will. And we are already seeing that, some 44,000 Irish homes already, and that needs to expand. But not just homes, farms, businesses, factories and in the field, particularly farming in the field where you actually you lay out the solar panels. You can still graze sheep underneath them. So it's not that you're stopping farming, but that's a win win solution. We need it because we need that to meet our targets, our climate targets by 2025. We will have other significant new sources of power, the likes of offshore wind that will kick Mm. in after that period. But it is one of the ways which we can meet our targets now. So it's a sort of an interim measure. But have we suddenly gone mad on solar? Because if you look around my local area down in in the northwest, there'd be very sparsely. You you wouldn't see that many solar panels on roofs yet. So is there something coming up in the Climate Action Plan that's, that's going to accelerate this over the next two years? We've already done a lot to accelerate it. In the last year, we changed the planning rules, first of all, so there wasn't so restrictive and who could put up solar panels. We also changed the rules so people could sell power back into the grid. You couldn't do that before this year. And some customers are getting up to 24 cents now for every kilowatt hour that they sell yeah. back to the Are there many the people taking up that? But as I said, about 44,000 people have the potential for doing it. The main benefit they get is not having to pay the higher gas price or the higher electricity price. So it's actually reducing your own bill is the first key benefit. It is happening. It's happening all over the world. But half of the new electricity being generated globally this year is from solar power. The cost of it is coming down. That's why even in Ireland, where we don't have the sunniest of climate, actually it makes economic sense and makes energy sense too. It matches what we're doing. And we've already, with onshore wind, actually a very high level of re- renewable power. We're one of the leading countries in the world or how you mix that power into our system. What we also decided, or what we introduced this week, is new interconnections with France and with Britain, which are being built as we speak. This is real. This is happening. This is not targets or policies or plans. It's projects that we're actually building out. And the idea of that is that we sell our extra wind energy, our surplus wind energy, over to France and they transfer their surplus energy, including nuclear, to, to us. Now, there was a time when the world nuclear was a dirty word on the lips of any green politician. That has changed, obviously, has it? We've, we, we're already, as we speak, some of the power that I'm looking at, the lights above me, will have be coming through a UK interconnector. So we are already bringing in some nuclear power from that source. You can't separate out the, separate out the electrons. So but if we're already taking from the UK and we're planning to take from France, is there an argument for us building our own nuclear power plant here in Ireland? Far cheaper for us to build solar and wind where we have the real skills, where we have the real resource. But this is the new industrial revolution of our time. It's rolling out here and in the rest of the world. It's a balancing system where you balance between this variable power supply and at times then when the wind isn't blowing, you have backup storage. We'll be putting in a lot of batteries as well as solar power and you've interconnection. So we can pull in from France at times when the wind isn't blowing here. Yes, it will be a large component nuclear, although they are also going renewable. I met the French minister this week and we agreed we're all going to actually go in this direction towards renewable power being the centre of everyone's projects. Yeah, and to get our own up and running, we need four to six wind farms at least by 2030. Noel Kniff himself of the Wind Energy Association says the first one should 
should be up and running by about 2027 or 2028. And that's if it's not stopped by some sort of a planning objection over birds or biodiversity. Do the French know what we're facing here in terms of our planning and our under-resourced system in getting this to fruition? We have to do a variety of different things to deliver this industrial revolution here. Um, One of the developments will be the reform of the planning system, which the Attorney General Paul, Paul Gallagher is working on. I expect that to be published before the end of the year. We have a significant, we we have to act fast and get it right. We have to keep good environmental planning because that's the secret to to success, but not allow a legal uh, uh, protracted system that delays everything for years because that will cost us more. It doesn't serve anyone's interest. But the other development, we set out the conditions for the first of these offshore wind farms last month. The Wind Energy uh, Association responded, Noel, as you said, saying actually the government was starting to take the right measures. We're starting to see real delivery. And that's our job, is to make sure that we actually avail of this opportunity for Ireland, that we develop our own natural resources. We rely on our own power rather than Russian or gas from the Middle East. Can I move you on to housing? Uh, Reports are saying now that the government might have to subsidise developers in order to speed up the delivery of housing. Is that something that you would support? We can't rule out any option because we have to make sure that... I mean, we met our targets this year, but we need to go further. And particularly with the arrival of a large number of people from Ukraine and elsewhere, we know that actually even the housing for all strategies set recently have to be escalated further. A number of measures will be used there. Some will be a stick towards the development industry and some may incentivise. So you would consider some kind of a subsidy to... I don't think we should rule anything out. I think one of the developments which will come in next year, which will be very significant, is that on land that is zoned but not being developed, there will be a charge on those landowners so there's not the hoarding of land, which has been one of the issues that's caused such problems in our housing sector over decades. That's changing. We will look at other measures. One of the ones I think that will be most significant is that because of the higher interest rate environment, we're seeing some of the built-to-rent projects that have planning permission that are ready to go Mm. are not going to be built. In those instances, I believe government will and should invest directly through local authorities to make sure that they are built. Can I ask you about cost rental? Because you were a big proponent of this and you really wanted to get it established in Ireland. But this year we see only a few hundred really cost rental homes built uh, and next year even 750 is the target. What's gone wrong with that? Well, no, firstly, I mean, we in opposition led this and championed it, uh, motions before the Dáil saying we had to introduce the model, which was at the time seen as radical or opposed. But it is starting to happen now. The first of those projects was launched and opened this week. And across the country, we are starting to see projects. It will take time to ramp it up. But it, I believe, is one of, is, is actually the most transformative change because it, just, it, it actually reforms our whole housing system, particularly in the rented sectors, which where the most pressure is, the biggest problem is for a young people. It provides a form of rented accommodation where you have secure tenure, mm-hmm. 10, 20, 30 years, where you pay less than the market rate right. because the, the uh, yeah, ground It's, it's cost a very good model, but the point I'm making is it's very slow to get to get off the tracks. It's for people who, who wouldn't necessarily qualify for social housing, exactly. but they get their rent reduced by about 30 or 40 percent. Exactly. So, so it is good, but why aren't there more? Why only 750 of that next year? Because Some people say that the numbers that would qualify for social housing are are growing every single day. Well, the, we had the uh, Land Development Agency in before the Joint Directorate, sorry, before the uh, Cabinet Committee on Housing last week. 
And there was real agreement and consensus that we need to use the likes of public lands. I'm looking, and as Minister of Transport, I'm looking at the lands, the likes of Inchicore, the likes of around our railway stations in Dublin Port. How soon can that be got up and running? Well, a lot of the developments are starting to happen. Houston Station, near between the Cunningham bus depot and people know it, and Houston Station, we're looking at projects there where we can start to deliver. In the Dundrum uh, Mental Hospital in, uh, in Dundrum, that's another example of projects. Once they get through the planning system, which has been a real problem, it's the, the slow, long delays in our planning system is probably the biggest obstacle. But that's another example of a real site which is ready to be developed once we get through, get through that, that planning process. Probably the most important thing we need to do, in my mind, is to scale up the capability of Umbor Panola to be able to make decisions in housing, in transport, in energy. So a lot of it comes back to planning. And yes. let's move to transport now, because a couple of weeks ago you told Morning Ireland that the goal to have one million EVs on the road by 2030 was was gone. And in the last hour, you, you spoke on the week in politics saying that it's it's not gone. The, the goal is still there. Which is it? Well, first, what I was saying last week is, is that it's not just about switching to electric vehicles. We actually need to increase the switch to public transport and to active travel. Mm. And we also need to reduce the overall volume of transport right, But that sti- we're doing. sticking with that, so that particular it will goal. Be close to, it'll be close to the target of some 950,000 electric vehicles. But that is not the key metric. The key, that's one of the metrics. But the key ones, in my mind, is the reallocation of road space. So we improve and speed in the bus times and make it easier to walk and cycle. Because I'm sure your listeners, everyone across the country can see it starting to happen. If we just let car traffic come back to what were the previous levels, we will just have gridlock. Even if they're all electric vehicles, while that would be good for climate emissions, we need to make a transport system that works for everyone. And that means switching to public transport, giving buses the road space, creating safe conditions for for walking and cycling. That, as well as the electrification of the fleet, is what we need to do. You spoke last night about a new railway station for Moy Ross. Now, again, over in in my part of the country in the northwest, you cannot go by train from Sligo to Galway. You cannot go from Longford to Galway. How can you ask people in areas like that to to, to switch to to public transport that just simply isn't there or to switch to bike? uh, It is starting to be there. Like last year, we uh, launched this new form Connecting Ireland. It's new rural bus services. It started in Leitrim and it is starting to be expanded out. New public transport services, three times a day return journeys. Take Sligo Town. One of the 31 Pathfinder projects which we agreed was to radically change the way the centre of Sligo Town works mm-hmm. so that you really make it a better local environment. You connect to the college and the hospital. You actually create, in, in the likes of Sligo Town, a sustainable alternative. Okay. So it is, it is happening, it's just absolutely. slower. And it has to happen in the next two and a half years. What we're focusing on is not long-term plans, is not the, well, sorry, we have to think long-term, yeah. but we have to deliver in the here and now and we're starting to do that. I said last night, we were speaking at the conference hall in, in Athlone, as it happened, right outside the hotel was a new pedestrian and cycling bridge across the River Shannon. Dramatic improvement for the town of Shannon, which will bring life back into the right, centre. Right, so it's things like that. Just before we go, I want to finish on some politics because you did say last night uh, one in ten councillors, one in ten, one in ten people should be voting for the Green Party and you hope to double your councillors to 100. I suppose one of the difficulties with the things that you're doing is that you're doing the right thing, but they do come at a cost to people. Is there is there a danger? Do you worry that it might turn off voters once no. it hits them in the pocket? These, these changes would be good for people. The cost of not doing it is much higher. Right, but the carbon taxes, the cost of accommodation, the cost money, of everything. Do people not mo- see this as just another well, that cost? money goes to help insulate people's homes and cut their bills. But the point I was making, 
our world is burning. We need to start acting on climate change. We need to be real about it. And I think at least one in 10 Irish people will be willing to vote, particularly in the local and European elections, where actually the delivery takes place, where we need to take responsibility. And I think saying to people in the doors, which I will, would you not vote for your grandson or granddaughter for their secure future? Would you not vote for mm. your son or your daughter or your niece or your nephew or the child next door? Mm. I think Irish people want to do it. Mm. I think they want and, and I think they will vote for it. And I think a one in 10 voting for it will mean we will have those 100 councillors that deliver it at scale right across the country. I'm just noticing, speaking to you, how wide your brief is. Similarly for Roderick O'Gorman, he's mm. had to take on the, the, the accommodation of the asylum seekers. Should that be hived off? Should the Department of Housing be playing a bigger role in that and let him concentrate on the country's children? I think we, he has, as I said last night, he's shown incredible bravery in taking on an almost impossible task and doing it with real compassion. Should it be hived off? Cool Should head. it be cut up? Myself, the Taoiseach and Tanish will sit down next week and we'll start working on the next phase of this government as we move into the second half of our office, of our term in office. We'll use that as an opportunity to look at the various responsibilities. Right, what's your own feeling about it? Do you think that it should be? I, I think a variety of government departments have responsibility in this area. I think everyone has to roll up their sleeves and, and I think we do have to look to see how we, what's going to be a real challenge. There's no sign of this war coming to an end. What was an emergency short-term accommodation we have to provide for more uh, for the next year or two and I think that requires us look at looking government across all our systems as to who's doing that and how we do it. We will do it. We've shown his ability as a government. It's a good functioning government. We we work well together and we've gone through crisis in COVID yeah, and I, in this And war. you have so much to do, your own brief as well. Do you mm. think that, that you, you'd want to concentrate on this massive goal that you've announced of, of, of powering the, the, the country by solar by 2025 and leave transport and communications to someone else? No, we need to do... I, I'm quite confident we can. I can do both and I can work with the agencies and with other government departments to deliver it. We are delivering a government, particularly, I think, from our green perspective, we're delivering change that no one could have expected or seen. It's a time of change and I'm confident that we can actually use our position for the good of the Irish people to make those changes in transport, in energy and in every other sector. Eamon Ryan, leader of the the Green Party. Thanks very much for coming into studio to us today.